What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to BitCast, episode 8, for the week of April 3rd, 2016. We're back in rapid succession for another special podcast. We have a new co-host in the studio this week. My man, Dr. David Brelsford III, MD, doctorate certified. Um, well, most people just call me Dave or David. That's okay. <laughs> Anyways... Um. David's here today because we got some uh, got some passion passion stuff we want to talk about. You know, it's gonna be a real intimate show tonight. Mm. Just the two of us hanging out with some stiff drinks. One of us running on four hours of sleep. Um, but mostly, we're gonna be talking about movies and actors, and that's right, the directors, the uh, the guys that sit next to the camera. Yeah, we, we established. This, we had this discussion beforehand, and we thought that um, they might sit behind the camera, which they we, they probably do. The, yeah, they do some. I'm of that. sure at some point they do. They would I'll, have. They would have to. You know, I, I don't imagine any director just films, but then doesn't look at the film at all. You know. Yeah, I, I just have that very stereotypical <laughs> picture of them with a bullhorn. Yeah, just yelling stuff the, at them. The stupid chair they sit in looks like a lawn chair, but it's tall. And it says their name on the back. Yeah, that one. Oh yeah. I don't know why. Why are they so tall? Really? I guess get a better bird's eye view. <laughs> I, I guess so. You would think right. they'd have like a ladder at that point then, you know, get a real good bird's eye view. You might as well. <laughs> if you're going to do it, you might as well do it big, you know? <laughs> I mean, they do have large budgets for these movies. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Some some don't, though. We got the, let's see, Birdman made last year by whatever, Inaratu. Uh, yeah. Low budget film, but mm-hmm. won a lot of awards. And he probably had a pretty good high. I, high yeah, share. I feel like a lot of times the, uh, <laughs> when you're doing the Academy Awards, like the overlooked movies... Or the the big name movies never really get in there because there's no one cares about Avengers. Too much hype. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> too much hype. They, they don't they don't really win awards. They just win all we the just money. We just don't want to do the mainstream stuff. They know. just win all the money. Hipsters. <laughs> Speaking of hipsters, uh, uh, just for those of you who don't know, um, we have a pretty awesome studio going on here, and just recently installed a nice pendulum hanging light above our table here, so it looks real sketch. It is pretty intense. To the outside eye, it looks like we could be doing some sort of uh, illegal activities in here or playing s- cards. Um, I was about to say it looks like a uh, Chinese like gambling room <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> if only, if only. Uh, so I actually, speaking of hipster, I was, that's how I started this. I asked uh, my wife to go pick up some hipster light bulbs because the one we have in there currently is far too bright and I'm afraid to look up at it right now. It's like staring into a collapsed sun. <laughs> uh, the, drink, the drink of the day uh, is a uh, gin and ginger ale with lime. Mm-hmm. It's going down real smooth right it is, now. It is smooth. It is spring. We are <laughs> enjoying these quite a bit. Sun is out. Time for gin. So anyways, uh, we are going to be talking, like I said, about movies, actors, and directors. Um, and we are by no means movie buffs or aficionados. No. Um, I don't think we've, I've claimed to be an aficionado of anything so far in this podcast. Uh, I like video games. Um, and my boy David over here. Uh, it's pretty good, pretty big in the movies and uh, books and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll probably do some more mm-hmm. of those later. But we started out with movies because I'm, I'm a bit more familiar with movies and I can actually help out there. Um, so we're going to jump right into it. Um, well-known director, Quentin Tarantino. Great. Love him. Great guy. All right. And that's the first director discussion. And we're done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> great guy. Yeah. Love him. Cool. End of story. Uh, no, I think he's definitely a, a, an actor that is, or a director that is, um, that is, controversial for a lot of people he's a he's a weird guy he definitely he was most recently he was like caught up with something where he um 
he's he's very outspoken, I guess. Yeah, I, about it definitely speaks his stuff. Mind. Mm-hmm. Yes, which you, you got to respect in some sense, but then at other times you're like, okay, well, yeah. I mean, there is definitely. <laughs> I think that he takes it a little too far from time to time, but uh, I mean, definitely because I mean, if you're looking at his writing, it's so good. His writing style, but then even in his movies, he's very outspoken in what he's doing. Oh yeah, he's he's always trying to make a point about something. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's always some political meaning behind it, which yeah. which which makes for a good movie. Um, um, but really, we 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 focus on Tarantino because he's a lot of people's favorite director. And then for those of you who don't know, um, you may have seen some of his movies: Django, Inglorious Bastards, Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill, um, just to name a few. Those, those are like his four big boys. Uh, he just recently released Hateful Eight, um, and really, uh, I just you know I actually never saw that one, but I know that it didn't get great reviews. But th- that's pretty indicative of his movies, really. Yeah, but I feel like this was like the the worst received. Okay, I don't know. I you might you might know better than me, but I honestly I didn't hear much about it, and I think that that kind of tells enough of the story. Yeah, because um, like when Django came out, or like when Inglorious Bastards came out, it was pretty well publicized. Yeah. yeah. People were talking about it, and you know, you you can't go to a film club and people not talk about Pulp Fiction, probably because yeah. that's just like like a cult classic. It's, yeah, absolutely cult classic. Um, and I actually hadn't seen Pulp Fiction until about three years ago, also. Really, but it was amazing. Okay, I, I've I've watched Pulp Fiction with uh, two people that have never seen it before, Ooh. and I think that I enjoyed it much more than they did. <laughs> it was. I, and I think that it, it may have been in due part that I was quoting the whole movie the whole time. Oh, you're one of those guys. Yeah. that sits there and quotes well, the whole movie. If I really enjoy it, and there, it's hard to get me excited about a movie. It really is. <laughs> but I mean, uh, clearly because you haven't seen Batman vs Superman yet, so that's pretty messed yeah, up. On, spoiler alert: I have not seen it. <laughs> We're doing a director talk or a movie talk. Really, you haven't I, seen Batman vs Superman. Yeah. Clearly, this guy doesn't even like movies because he yeah, has to be Batman I'm a, versus Superman. I'm a hater. No, just kidding. I, 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 I do want to see it. Please, no one come find me and. <laughs> yell at me about it but you're one of those guys you're one of those guys who yeah you know if you know the if you know the the movie itself you're gonna sit down and quote the whole thing i'm like that with nacho libre if, uh, it, if it's quotable a stupid movie usually yeah. um fair enough use for me it has to be a stupid movie i can't okay. quote serious movies i, I don't know maybe I'm trying to think of the most I, I don't know i feel like i mean pulp fiction is definitely a yeah funny stupid yeah it's it's a dark comedy dark comedy sure. yeah definitely we'll quotable there. we'll go there i would say it's like the movie that like, I was thinking of was like for some reason The Last Samurai by Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, not a quotable movie. <laughs> no, no, not not quite. There's not much uh, dialogue in that movie. I don't no, feel like it's mostly of, just him being somber and doing a lot of sadness. Yeah, that yeah, a lot of the samurai dying and then doing the. <laughs> oh man, oh, so man. sad. Uh, it is. It's pretty sad. I mean, because does he does he die in the movie? No, that's why it's called The Last Samurai because he is the Last He's, Samurai. Uh, no, his really good friend does and. It's super dramatic. Yeah, I it that. sucks, dude. The guy took him under his wing. He was a prisoner of war, and he's like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to teach you the way of samurai. He's like, oh, I love this culture. And you're going to carry on our legacy. Tom Cruise, you are the last samurai, if you're listening to this. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Tom, Tom Cruise, if you hear me now. <laughs> that movie wasn't just a fake. You are the last samurai. This is a shout-out. We are calling you in now, so <laughs> we're activating you as the last samurai. Anyways, enough of the last samurai. Uh so yeah, Quentin Tarantino, we wanted to just go through those four movies specifically. Um, let's start with his oldest work, which was Pulp Fiction, mm. written or made in 1994. Um, 
This movie, I don't know. I mean, so we 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 were but wee babies when this came out, so mm-hmm. we we can't probably speak yeah. much for it during the time of when movies came out. But I know that a lot of a lot of movies weren't pushing that kind of humor. No, yeah, that kind of dark comedy, yeah, kind of style. Um, you might have like you know stuff like we have on here, The Goodfellas and stuff like mm-hmm. that. That was more of a of drama, yeah. than anything else. And I mean, it definitely had its um, situational kind of comedy a little bit, but definitely nothing to the tune of the way the publication was written or directed really even. I mean, just there it is. I think that definitely the good, the best part about Pulp Fiction is that it was written so well. Um, Cause it's not cinematography. Like the cinematography yeah. in it is not, um, it's not outstanding. Catch, it's not catching. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very flat mm-hmm. the way it's shot. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that the, it, he shot it that way to show that these were just, a couple dudes, normal bros. Well, as normal as normal as they were, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it was just, it was supposed to set it in a way of this is how these guys live. I feel like, and uh, so you're saying that his camera, his cinematography directly were, like reflects the actual story that's being told. Yeah, and, interesting. Yeah, and so uh, I, that's for me. Whenever I'm looking at movies, the cinematography and the shots mm-hmm. have to fit the situation. Have you ever taken a film class? No, I have not. So I took one in college. Okay, and. It was actually really cool, um, and I noticed after it, I actually started watching for that kind of stuff, really? for different kinds yeah. of shots and what they're trying to do to evoke a, a sense of emotion out of one particular shot. So uh, I forget what the actual um, documentary was. It was a very famous documentary um, that was banned originally because it was like about a, a sane asylum where like people were dying in. Okay. Um, but the one shot that this guy used that, that our teacher highlighted was this close-up shot of somebody who was dead and a fly like literally comes and like lands on his like face and it's it's like it stays on his face for what? probably like 30 seconds what was it called i'm that's what i'm saying i'm trying to remember it's like yeah. poppy seed something 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 i don't know i want to look it up but i, I don't seed. i don't want to yeah okay. we'll, we'll, we'll call it poppy seed we'll, we'll call it the, the poppy seed we'll call, All right. we'll call it rosebud <laughs> um okay uh, so anyways tarantino's directing style or like cinematography um, would you say it stands out amongst directors? Like, if you saw a movie and weren't aware of who directed it, would you know that it was Tarantino? The cinematography itself, I don't think it would set it apart. The way, um, definitely, it the overall style. I think uh, just the the content would definitely set it apart. Mm-hmm. Um, the level of content, uh, meaning that a lot of times in his movies, he definitely goes into. Uh, kind of gratuitous violence, but I think that <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and <laughs> it, it seems to be a common theme. And uh, but I think that he takes it there and takes it to the level to where it's like okay, that is almost over the top. Yeah, it's just over this the top, so it it, it can't be uh, believable. It's not realistic, so people are like more able to stomach the level of it. Almost yeah, yeah. laugh at it almost because yeah. it's like funny of how over the top it is but yeah and i'm not i'm not not sure exactly because i haven't looked into it much as to why he does um that level of violence to kind of just evoke almost a oh my gosh that's hilarious kind of stuff it could be like yeah he's probably going for an irony thing or something like that definitely yeah definitely some irony in there so um but super cool because like you know there's 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 a lot of directors out there um where if I saw a movie, I wouldn't be able to tell. But like like you're saying, it's 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 the content in which that he does film stuff. So it's mm-hmm. it's the quick the quick lines, the quick mm-hmm. the quick one line stuff like that. The the, the gratuitous violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I really think um, 
very like uh, the characters that he develops in his stories are very very one tone like they they are like one way specifically and for one like they're they're, they're always like I can't describe it. So, like, I'm, I'm thinking specifically of like, um, like, um, Candy from uh, Django. Okay. Um, how he was just like full on like crazy. Yeah, I don't think that there's any dynamic shifts in their characters, yeah. but I think that that is more. Um, it definitely displays more of a kind of a, almost a natural character because you and I like we're pretty much the same people yeah. for extended extended <laughs> amount of time. You right. Know? Right. And. So I think that that makes it more believable in the sense that this is just how this person has developed into an absolute crazy person in the <laughs> character of Candy, who was uh, played by DiCaprio. That was good a, old DiCaprio. Yeah, good old good old DiCaprio. We're, we're going to talk about him later as well. We'll get there. And um, but yeah, I mean, I think that with Tarantino's style of writing writing them into a very set character, it's more believable because that's just it, it's who they are, and and, and it gives uh, the audience. Uh, easier way to like i guess digest it it's like okay yeah, this is absolutely. the good person this is the bad person yeah because if you go from dynamic shift to of it's such a sweet person to there being a snap and seeing them turn into absolute crazy person it's like that's that's not <laughs> believable at all you're like yeah. ah, that's obviously that's that's, <laughs> that's crazy talk you know but this, this would never happen i yeah. mean i don't know i mean i i you might see that a little bit in um I guess actually in the same movie because like Leo in part of that he like tries playing this like sweet, you know, lovable family man. Mm-hmm. He's like he like loves his sister mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then like the next minute, like he's he, he's like he's like trying to play it cool in the uh, the fighting again, like the fighting uh, club, I guess you could call it. And then all of a yeah. sudden, you know, the next minute he like freaks out and like gives a guy a hammer and he's like or whatever and he's like finish the job, kill him. Yeah, and it's like okay, mm-hmm. yeah, well, all right then, <laughs> all yeah. Right. Yeah, that was that was an intense scene. That was for, yeah. for sure. I, so funny story about the Django is so, so Hannah, my wife, loved Inglorious Bastards, mm-hmm. but she did not like Django really because she thought it was just it was I, not not too soon, but she thought she just didn't like the the Insensitive. content. Yeah, she did not hmm. like the the whole white v black. Hmm you know just story about it which which I loved it for. Yeah. I was like this is great. This this is this is like a direct mockery of of like white yeah. I guess just like white which, history. Yeah, absolutely because I mean it, it was a terrible. It was awful. 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 Like, and how why? and how would this turn out if it was the other way around and like yeah. It's so easy to root for um uh I'm sorry, Jimmy Fox because it's mm-hmm. just you want you know how terrible and like oh yeah how bad it all was absolutely but hannah just like she couldn't get past that she was just like i don't mm. like i just don't i didn't like all the stuff that was in that movie and i was like okay, okay i get it but she was cool with the glorious bastard which is the same almost same premise it, it's pretty much the same um situation but it's flipped to where they're killing nazis and exactly and i don't think there's, there's anybody in the world that's not okay with that so yeah <laughs> i think that that's kind of where people were like oh yeah well, and I, I guess, you know, Hannah's thing was like, well, that happened a long time ago, so we're over that now. And I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, it is but, I mean, older. I, was sla- like, I mean, slavery was longer ago. Yeah, but, I know. I, but for some yeah, reason. I don't know. It was Either way, I was in love with it. I remember I left the theater, like, obsessed with that movie. I was like, that was one Me of the. Too, yeah. That was so fun. And she was like, I don't know if I liked it. And I was like, what? Definitely, uh is yes yeah, Tarantino's <laughs> not for everybody. We'll say that. Yes, he is. He is very divisive. Like, but I, I love him though. And, uh, so, any more to say about Pulp Fiction? Is just in regards to, so so 
I was looking at all through all of his works, and and okay. he's and he's known for known for a lot of movies. And like I said, I'm not an aficionado, but I feel like Pulp Fiction may have been his like first breakout film, sort it, of. Yeah, it was definitely his breakout. I believe that his first film was um, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, and he, I mean, he used a he. I love, and I, I don't know. I, I go back and forth on it where he recycles his casts. Yep, and you know Leo. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm okay with it. And then sometimes I'm like, oh man, I wish we'd choose some new actors. And then he does, and I'm like, oh, well, that was awesome. But <laughs> well, that was great. That, that was, that was that thanks, was man. Good, good change of scenery right there. Throwing me a bone, you know, like really refreshing almost. But uh, I mean, he, there's the actors that he definitely sticks with. I mean, right. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson just is one that comes to mind right off the top, top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to see who was in Reservoir Dogs real fast. Yeah. Dogs. I can't, I can't Reserv- say without Reservoir saying Dogs. Dogs. Yeah. Steve, Busch- the- Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Dude, Buscemi. Okay, have you... There is a show on HBO, um, Boardwalk Empire. Which uh, Scorsese is directed, d- directed and produced. Yeah. And produced, yeah. And Buscemi was the star of it. But Steve Buscemi is... is a, I actually like him. He is a goofy guy, but I love him. He's, he's an odd-looking dude, but he plays his roles pretty well. Yeah, it, it's... What's the weird Adam Sandler movie where um, Steve Buscemi is like this like serial killer kind of guy, and he like he's like putting his like lipstick on and stuff like that, and but Adam Sandler goes and apologizes to him, before, and he doesn't end up killing him or something like that. I, is it Mr. Deeds? It was. It, it was, may have been. No, it was Mr. De- was it Big Daddy? It may have been Big Daddy. Big Daddy, Mr. Deeds. One one of those nineties we'll era. We'll fact check that here yeah, a little bit. We'll, we'll fact check that later. Not important. Steve Buscemi, great actor, though. dude. Yes, dude. Steve Buscemi, man. I really, when I started, I think last year or the year before last, I sat down and Ben watched Boardwalk Empire. Isn't it interesting that TV, just series in general, are becoming a new medium to consume, like actual, like good film? I guess. Yeah. No, it is because you have uh, with Netflix. Yeah, Netflix has been doing. specifically has been. They've been doing some amazing stuff lately. Have you watched Daredevil? No, I haven't watched Daredevil. But I'm going through that right now. Are you? Okay. Um, and it's awesome. Yeah. The one that I really got hung up on was House of Cards. Yep. Good old Kevin Spacey. Good old Kevin Spacey, man. And it is. it almost became natural for me to think of him as a South Carolinian with that accent. <laughs> but then you hear him talking like on like... Say you're watching like a talk G- show, yeah, Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy yeah, Fallon Jimmy or Fallon. something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fallon. He had, he is so good at accents, dude. Oh my gosh, have you heard his uh, Christopher Walken accent? Yeah, yeah. and it's uh, fine. Yeah, it's okay, <laughs> you know. Stab you in the face with a Saturn. I, I can't I can't talk yeah. like him. I wish yeah, I, could. I wish I could do. Yeah, yeah. Christopher Walken's awesome. Oh also. man, he's gosh. also another super unique actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We could do, go on all, all day people. about unique actors. We, we could just do a Christopher Walken podcast <laughs> <laughs> and only talk in Christopher Walken it's accents fine. all the time. Have you and, seen? Never mind. Not more <laughs> I was gonna start going down his movies that he's been in. Anyways, okay. Um, but yeah, like so, like like yeah. Netflix is cranking out some more stuff, and great, it's just it's a great race. Like, I wish, I hope, Tarantino or I hope he does something similar because like Scorsese's done Boardwalk Empire, you know, and was that a Netflix original as well? Uh, that was HBO. HBO, okay. Yeah, HBO. Dude, HBO, man. I love. There's Game uh, of Thrones. Yeah, H- shout out April twenty fourth, man. New season coming soon. You excited? Oh, I'm so excited, dude. So excited. Um, Khaleesi. <laughs> Khaleesi. <laughs> <laughs> man. Oh it, yeah, I'm. I am thrilled. 
to yeah. say the least. It's going to be so good, especially after last season. I mean, I, I need I need some stuff to go down. I need some I need some good news. Yeah, me too. We're not going to spoil anything for those who yeah. haven't seen all of it, but yeah, if you haven't, you're missing out. And I was I was not a Game of Thrones believer for a long time, and uh, yep. give a little shout out to uh, old Nathan Wright. It's a uh, uh, it's just it's easy to look past it because like everyone's obsessed with it, but yeah. then. For me, it's like a it's like a Lord of the Rings. It's like it's okay. like a continued Lord of the Rings. Okay. It's like I love Lord of the Rings. I love that era. I love like dragons mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. these different like tribes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But yeah, Game of Thrones is just so so well made. Why do, why do you think that that particular era has been written about so much? To like where um, we have all these different like animals and beasts and like tribes and stuff like. Is it because we don't know much about it? Probably it's easier to make up stuff about it because everyone's yeah. like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." It's like, "Oh yeah, that probably <laughs> happened." That would that would happen. In we that, don't have that much. Time we period. don't have much written history or anything about this time. So yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll just uh, we'll make our own. <laughs> Got giants and you know white walkers and stuff like that. All all normal things. So dragons, dragons. So anyways, we're getting off topic again. I'm sorry. It's right. but I just love talking about that kind of stuff. Yeah, man. Um, so Pulp Fiction, good start for Tarantino. Then mm-hmm. he moved on to Kill Bill, or not moved on, but the next one we highlighted was Kill Bill, and mm-hmm. that was made in mm-hmm. 2003. That was Volume 1, and Volume 2 came out the year after, uh, mm-hmm. 2004. Um, and I actually think this was the first Tarantino film that I saw because it was always on FX. Yes, it was always on TV. <laughs> it was always on TV, and you know it was, it was censored on TV, so you wouldn't see as much stuff as that would be in the movie, but still pretty violent for being on TV. I remember like... Yeah the fight scenes and like she like pulls that girl's eyeball out mm-hmm. and some arms go flying some arms flying lots of lots blood of blood and everywhere. missing limbs yeah yeah it's uh like you're saying gratuitous violence mm-hmm. but uh instead of with guns we here we have uh swords a lot, a lot, a lot of swords and uh stabbing and quick action fighting. What, a, what a unique medium you know really is man to uh to take that on you know it's like uh Guns are used too often. We're going to go with... Samurai swords. Samurai swords. And other of all kinds things. of blades. Of all things, man. Uh, yeah, but Kill Bill... Um, honestly, 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 I, honestly I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't love Kill Bill all um, the first time. And it's it could have could have been because I saw it on TV, so it was segmented and not, you know, just, just couldn't really stay invested. Or just maybe I just didn't really understand that kind of dark comedy behind it because i think i was still considered kill bill uh dark comedy but it was it was a bit more it wasn't it wasn't as much of a comedy kill bill was a bit more of a drama yeah it was definitely a little bit more of a drama but i think that it was definitely some of his like kind of comic book yeah phase yes. if you will yes because uh, uh, isn't there a kill bill um like graphic novel or like they i i feel like i've seen a specific book cover with like kill bill like art yeah and stuff like that i wouldn't be surprised if there was something out there like that oh, shoot. whether or not whether or not it was written by people closely associated with him or if it was yeah. like fan fiction or something like that um it would make sense you have a samurai sword you know toting goddess who can go murder a bunch of people so i'd, that, I'd, I'd read about it that's the recipe for a uh for, for a, a smash hit i know or if interesting fan base was what i was getting <laughs> at but or that yeah yeah um so yeah, I, I mean, I don't have much to say about Kill Bill. Uma Thurman um, played obviously the uh, the main protagonist in the story. Um, I don't actually know her name off the top of my head. I don't know if she actually. Well, she did have a name, no, but it she was has a name. But it was know. one that was like it was one of those movies where he didn't really didn't need to know her name. All he knew was Bill's name, and he was going to murder Bill. Yeah, him. <laughs> I'm coming for you, Bill. Oh, Bill. Oh, Bill. Um. So. 
I don't have much to say about Kill Bill. Yeah. Beyond that. Yeah. Well, let's move on. Let's jump to the next one. Let's, we'll jump. Everyone's, everyone's probably real big introduction into Tarantino films was Inglorious Bastards. Um, yeah, most definitely. Because this came out uh, when I was of age, at least, to go see this movie, or close to it. Maybe it was not. maybe it was our generation. I don't yeah, know. yeah. Maybe maybe it was our generation. Maybe that's why I liked it more. Yeah. Um, but it, it struck definitely. A, yeah, one of the bigger mainstream ones for sure. Yeah, and it it, st- it struck a tone because I think that was the first time that we like you know um, with Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill there was no real political backing to that kind of stuff. Uh, maybe maybe the, the mob stuff sort of in Pulp Fiction, but not really. Uh, but Inglorious Bastards was the first like rewritten history kind of piece where you have this horrible time in history and you have the opposite thing happening and spoiler alert for those who have not seen glorious bastards if you haven't seen it just just tune back in in the next like minute but uh i was i was shocked at the very end of that movie when they just obliterate hitler's face with the machine oh, man. gun <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> it was like America, let's do this. F yeah. Oh man, and you know it's it's weird because my mom. So my mom teaches um German. Okay. At a college level, and shows she she's very in tune with German culture and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and she she's all about it. And she, she I remember we when we went there, she uh, to Germany. She was saying that German people in general do not like to um, acknowledge the Holocaust. You know, they know it's a part of their history and they just don't want to talk about it. And, that, and that, I'd say that's the same thing with Americans and slavery. It's like, we all know it happened, but we don't want to talk about it. It's like, yeah, okay, it sucked. And like, yeah, it's it's you know, not, not not a proud moment in, in American history. This is the unfortunate reality. Yeah. Um, but I wonder I wonder if that, how well Unglorious Bastards was received in Germany. I have no idea. I've always wondered that. I, wanna, I wonder if they actually liked that movie. Because I, I feel like, I don't know, I like Django and that's that deals with American history that was pretty shitty but yeah i don't know i don't know it i think it was written in or well i mean tarantino almost i mean i feel like it, it appeals to a lot of different audiences oh yeah maybe everybody else except for germany i don't know there yeah. there are there's always people out there that will take a movie mm-hmm. at its face value and see what it's about and then just hate it immediately and it's like well okay look you got to understand like what the point of him making this was it yeah. wasn't because he liked this particular thing he was trying to make comedy of it to like lessen the actual seriousness or impact of it because i mean it was serious exactly. but i guess just switching those roles around and making it more of a let's get past this it's a joke now we're we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're we've grown up since this yeah um, now we can joke about it kind of ordeal but glorious bastards was awesome because you know you have the reverse roles of of jews going killing nazis and yeah it was just like it's nuts isn't it? which i think um of course, this this probably happened in real history, not not to this uh, crazy outlandish effect, but I, I I'm sure for a fact that there were like rebels that were. Oh yeah, no, I mean the French Resistance was definitely something that was real, and then I mean there was resistance uh, kind of factions that definitely helped the uh, I mean the Americans specifically and other allies oh, yeah. and stuff throughout right. the war. I mean, it's it's really cool stuff if if you ever read up on it. Like I said, books and stuff like that. So books, books. Um, but yeah, it's definitely some really cool stuff that. Most people aren't even aware of, but uh, Brad but, Pitt in this movie though was oh was an awesome lead. Mm-hmm. Darcy. Mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of I, good lines out of there. Movie. There was a it was a very uh, unique character set, I think, for for him. Oh yeah, I I feel like if I ever had the option, which I never will because I'm not a good actor, but <laughs> if 
Tarantino was casting. Like I feel, and if I was in one of his movies, I feel like it'd be so fun because the characters you get to play are just so unique. And, and like, you would never play that kind yeah. of character again. It's like I am playing a Nazi, a Southern. Oh, what, where was he from? He's from America, but like I am uh, playing a Southern American Nazi Ma- murderer. Maynardville, Tennessee. Yeah, Maynardville, Tennessee. Yeah. Hey, good old Tennessee. Shout out Chattanooga. There we go, baby. Close enough. Yeah, it's the same state. Same thing. Same state. Um. But yeah, just like I think like a really good cast for this movie, and then Christoph Waltz also mm. cannot be undermined in this movie because I think not, yeah. I think this is the first time that I also saw him in a movie in a movie that was probably mainstream. He's yeah. probably in more before this. But, yeah, he definitely was. But he really like I was impressed with him, and oh, man. I, he was yeah. he played a good bad guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, his it, that was definitely a breakout role for him, and then it was such a turn of events to see him as. Uh, a good guy in Django. Yeah, I know. And, and I was I like, that that I was him. so, I was so taken aback. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the same guy, but he plays both characters so well to a T. Well, and he can, and he can also, um, he can speak a lot of languages. I forget mm-hmm. how many languages he can speak, but uh, he, he's, he's, he's got a good under, good few under his belt. Yeah, well versed man. But gosh, man, I mean, like, just his character was so smart and well thought out and just quick. I guess it made me like I wanted I want to be like that as smooth as him, but that not smooth evil. as quick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to be that guy, except for the Nazi part, except for the wanting to murder people part. Um, yeah, uh, and I thought the ending of that was great. Just you know, him getting double crossed essentially, and then yeah. getting scalped. It, it was perfect. Not scalped, it. but uh, branded. I guess yeah. whatever they called it. I forget they called it in the movie, but they just give him a little insignia on his head. Yeah. Um. But such such a, such a good thing, and then like I guess we can jump right into that. Talk about Christoph Waltz, but Django. Um, I think this was also the first time Jimmy Fox was used in a, in a Tarantino film. I believe so. I might yeah. be wrong. Um, yeah. So internet, hate me if you if you can. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Getting a few emails about that one later on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he did he did a really great job too. I was I was uh I was pretty impressed with just him taking on that role as well because um, I, I feel like that's that's actually a that's actually a uh it's it's not for every, that role is not for everybody um you know if i were if i were a black person and someone said hey do you want to come play a part in this role about you know slavery it's like okay yeah. well yeah what are you trying to do with it and he's like well you're gonna go around and murder a bunch of white people who are slavery and it's like well maybe you could get a lot of guys doing that yeah you might be able to if <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe I don't know. I'm, I don't, I'm I don't know. I we, we are we are the most unqualified people to speak about this because we are very white, um, very. Uh, but nonetheless, a very interesting role. Um, but played so well, and, I, and you were mentioning this earlier. But like the soundtrack for that movie was just oh man, awesome. Yeah, and I mean specifically, I love, <laughs> absolutely love that uh, original Rick Ross song, because <laughs> the, the whole rest of the movie is is this kind of. Um, you know, standard soundtrack, Western, Western kind yeah. of flowy theme, and then out of nowhere, <laughs> just you're just smacked right in the face. Just it was great, full on rap music. Because just, I remember, I remember watching it in theaters <laughs> and being pretty chilled out, and or not chilled out, but I mean, definitely on edge and being like, "Oh my gosh, this is this is an intense Western." And He's then got his blue coat on this dirty South beat, just destroying me and just waking me up the heck up you know i 
I was sitting in my seat, and I mean, it's a long, it's a long movie, and it so is. it was kind of, it was almost in a lull of the movie, if you could call it that, because in Tarantino films, there's not a lot of a lull, not a lull usually, and uh, so with that, there was just, I need a Honda Black Cummins. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, is that Ross right now? Is because that- yeah, it's it's the the scene, the previous scene is them just going into town and shopping or something like that to get that suit, I believe. Yeah. And then the the next scene is them, of course, with Jimmy Fox's suit up, yeah. on the blue. Yeah, because he, he's like, get you some clothes, because he's like, I've never had real clothes. And so... <laughs> he's like, I want those. I want yeah, that. He's like, that looks great. <laughs> and uh, puts on this, <laughs> like, almost a French suit or something like that. Yeah, I, I, don't even, I don't know how to describe it, but probably very... Probably not, yeah. But not, not, as, not as gangster pompous. as we all we'll, were thinking. We'll go pompous almost. Yes. Yeah. Golly, man! Um, <laughs> but it was a long movie. It's it's, it's a, interesting you bring that up because uh, that movie specifically had a lot of acts. had had a lot like, um, and I, I don't think Tarantino's films are short of acts. Um, and in Pulp Fiction specifically, you have inter bit, yeah. interlapping stories, which is really cool. Um, when you realize they're all connected at that at the end, I was like, I, oh, I that's love fun. Because yeah. yeah, at first I was like, okay, who is this person? Why is, are we knowing about these two? Like, what's going on? And, and you know. And that was his desired intent. So well written, just but, to be able to pull, I think specifically three different stories into play. I, it may have been more than that, man. Yeah, because you had the, like the random people that were like sitting in the the cafe, the coffee shop at the very beginning. You yeah. had Bruce Willis. Yeah, his whole story <laughs> with the boxing stuff. Yeah. Yep. You have, of course, Samuel Jackson and John Travolta. Their like, and little, their whole thing. Yep. And then I'm trying to think that might that may have been it actually. And then uh, the girl. The girl story where she's like in the apartment. Um, yeah, that was kind of Bruce Willis's. That yeah, was I guess you're right. Part of his, but and then uh, regardless. But yeah, all of them working for that same guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forget the name of that actor. It, and uh, he's in so many films. He's that one actor that you're always like that one actor. Oh my gosh, is that dude again? What the heck is he doing in this movie? Nah, yeah, I would know if I said it, but I'm too yeah. lazy to look it up right on my phone. <laughs> Not important. So Tarantino in general likes to reuse actors and yeah. we've kind of listed listed off just just two here and we might think of some more as we're going through this but we noticed that leo good old leo dicaprio now an oscar winner officially yes <laughs> 2016 man what a year what a year um he uh he likes to use leo which which uh we can all appreciate because everyone i think everyone likes leo i think he think he's a he's a great actor yeah i don't uh, think he's unlikable is no. the thing I mean, because he plays so many different roles so well. He makes it believable. He makes his his character. People, you can tell he puts his emotion into his. Characters. I think he definitely won over the female audience way back in the nineties when he was a kid. Hit some hit Gilbert some Titanic. Grape. Oh, Gilbert! Yeah, Gilbert Grape. Gilbert Grape. Gilbert Grape, man. Even what younger, dude. Even good younger. reference. Good reference. Thank you. Um, and then uh, I mean, obviously Johnny Titan- Depp. Also in that movie, Titanic. Oh my gosh, man. Titanic. Yeah, Titanic well, was a real long movie. <laughs> Talk about movies. Yeah, I know it. Do you, um, you ever have it on VHS? Uh, the the double double, double stack yeah double, double stack tape double yeah. stack VHS oh, man, man. I, I I just can't believe that actually like a, that I mean there there's worse scenarios out there of like movies that are like three or four like VHS is long yeah but it's just crazy Braveheart. to think about that Braveheart yeah, yeah it's just crazy to think about that you know or the uh, six part this is gonna show how strange I of a person I am <laughs> um anyways the six-part BBC series of Pride and Prejudice. Oh, jeez. Pride and Prejudice, man. I know. Not a movie that I could get into. We're not going to go there But today. you're doing the BBC, the, the OG. The or OG stuff, yeah. Before, uh, who who made the remake? Keira Knightley. Yeah, Keira Knightley. Thank you. Um, yeah, she made it specifically. She directed it. 
She was. Did she really? I, I never even. Okay. <laughs> I said made, which was the wrong verb to use there. She did not. She did not make it. <laughs> she was not in charge of that movie. Oh man. Um, we're not going there today. Sorry. We're getting off topic. Sorry, again. listeners. Movies are great. Uh, so Leo, Leo, yeah, Leo just classically plays a lot of characters in Quentin mm-hmm. Tarantino films, and then uh, Samuel Jackson. I mean, Pulp Fiction and Django specifically. I don't know if he makes an appearance in Kill Bill. I don't. I don't remember either. I think he does. I'm not like I said. I don't like Kill Bill as much as I yeah. like other films of his. Yeah, they were they were fun, but it wasn't one that I remember specific parts about. I don't. It's not one something that I cherish. I'll say that. Right. It's it's a it's a good film. It's fun, but yeah. it's not one that sticks out to me above other movies. Like <laughs> it just doesn't. Yeah. It just doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. But it's good. Still good. Quentin Tarantino. We, we don't mean anything by that. Uh, we just want to let you know that um, we were too young when it came out, so we can't. We love you, Quentin. Appreciate it as much. Come on our show if you want to. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Samuel Jackson makes uh, a few good appearances, and I think I think he was great um, in Django as uh, he was. He was the guy. He was. He was. Everybody you know, knows. Candy's. Him. Yeah. He was Candy's butler. Yeah. I don't actually remember his name. I'm sorry, remember, but I just remember. I think he had a lot of they, good lines. Did they call him Big Daddy? Is what it was? No, uh, DiCaprio. No, no, no. They called um, Jackson's character Big Daddy, didn't they? <laughs> they may have called him that. Let me. Let me. No, uh, it, it was. It was. It was DiCaprio's. I just. I love the Dica- uh, the uh, the Big Daddy reference, though. Big Daddy. Let me. Let me go ahead and just fact check everything real fast. All right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Sam, Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, really stands out mostly for his role in Pulp Fiction, and we've been talking about Pulp Fiction. Too this much. whole time, too much. <laughs> but I lo- but it, there's so many ins and outs of that movie, though. It really is so good. But definitely um, with Leo DiCaprio, I think that he is definitely a budding actor, or not a budding actor, but is, is an established actor. And he, there's nothing to not like about him. Yeah, he, he plays so many different characters so well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can talk about all day the ones that he should have won actors for, <laughs> but. And that and that may be just my own personal bias, but I, I mean he's a he's a great great actor, and definitely, um, if we're talking about reusing casts, uh, yeah, we'll jump into our next director here. Oh, quick, real quick, do you want to guess what uh, Samuel oh, Jackson's man. character's name was in Django? I have no very idea. basic, very generic. Doesn't have a last name. Doesn't have a last name. Jim, Stephen, Stephen, classic. Good old Steven. That's probably why we didn't know his name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you yes, can remember the, names uh, like Candy, the house Calvin of- Candy, or Django, or Dr. King Schultz, but you can't remember Steven. Steven yeah, but. the uh, household name of Steven. That's Although, Kerry Washington, Brumhilda. Oh, Brumhilda. Yes, Brumhilda. Yes. Brumhilda. Jamie Foxx's love interest or wife. Yeah, which I thought was a very interesting name because she was unfortunately owned yes. by some uh, a German family. So Brumhilda. And they named her Brumhilda. But Brumhilda was apparently a good name and they were actually yeah. they took like they that's were a, good people. So that's a good, pretty unique, awesome. Way name. to way to write that in, Tarantino. Way Man. to write that good story in. What a, what a diverse writer. All right. We are at forty minutes, folks. Forty minutes of movie talk. Let's go ahead and keep going. So our next our next director, uh, I'll go ahead and let uh Dr. David Brelsford the third M D uh, introduce his next direct next director. Um, y'all might have heard of him. He's I don't know. He's kind of kind of an up and coming underground director. 
not a lot of folks know him yet. Uh, we'll we'll go with niche director. Yeah, niche, niche, the niche, niche. Uh, <laughs> he's he's a niche director. I feel like, and he he definitely does. We'll just say the Italian crime drama. We'll go with that. Oh, have you gotten the clue yet, guys? Uh, yeah. he, known for using actors, also Leonardo DiCaprio, maybe Jack Nicholson. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Films like Goodfellas, The Departed, Wolf of Wall Street, and Shutter Island. Shutter Island. Uh, yeah. These are all some pretty great movies. And if you haven't guessed yet, it's Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! Who got? The, hey guys, sound off on the on the comments on this to let us know who, yeah. who guessed it first. Or tweet at us. Yeah, tweet at us to let us know. It's gonna go up later, like way later. So, <laughs> yeah, tweet if you got it before you listen to it. Yeah, we'll we'll get it like three weeks later. So, because <laughs> I, I might post it like two months from now. Who knows? <laughs> so, anyway, Scorsese. I am not as familiar with his all of his movies. Um, I have seen. Three of these that we have on listed, I have not seen Goodfellas, and that's probably okay. probably a, sh- a shame. It's all right. So um, I apologize. I Goodfellas is one that I don't watch often. Um, so it's it's an older film. It's, it's, it's a, a little bit film. older. It's a little bit slightly before my time. I mean, it was made two years before I was born in 1990. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm a, a youngie. All those here. out there who just heard that and want to want to die in their seats right now or their yeah. their chairs or cars. Yeah, it's n- sorry not to make you. Not roll over in your grave, but roll into your grave almost. <laughs> oh uh, my god, I'm so old. <laughs> oh gosh, uh, I, I always get asked by people at my work. So I so I work with um a lot of really sweet older uh, women. Yeah, and um a lot of them have seen movies that I have not seen, and I always get asked, you know, have you seen this movie? Have you seen this movie? And I feel like Goodfellas has come up at least like four times, and I'm like, no, I haven't haven't seen it and they always they're always shocked so yeah. that says something yeah. sweet older women asking about goodfellas well i wouldn't say older <laughs> women i uh just just middle-aged let's say that because they because the okay. people on my team know that i'm like nerdy and i like movies and video games and just kind of media culture in general quick quick uh question here yes what do you consider middle-aged uh like 45 okay okay uh, yeah, that that's pretty normal. I feel 45, like forty five fifty. Yeah, forty five fifty. And 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 I have a few older ladies that are like okay. sixty to yeah, about fifty to sixty. Okay. Sixty is like yeah, old. We have we have we have we have one seventy year old on our team. Right She's on. real sweet. She brings in uh usually breakfast at least once a week, get donuts, <laughs> get some <laughs> That some, is what I'm talking about. Some home some homemade uh, you know, cake sometimes, cupcakes. Um she always stops by the uh the hostess store out here <laughs> brings in like ding dongs and Swiss rolls. <laughs> so if you uh, and I sit in a chair eight hours a day, so oh, that's it's real real good at helping you get that office butt as fast as possible. Like, oh, <laughs> and we all know what the office butt is. <laughs> it's the most desirable booty out there. <laughs> I, I can't even comment on that. Anyways, desirable booties. Speaking of desirable booties, let's talk about the Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> opening scene. I thought you were going to say uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, close enough. Also, yeah, Leo, you have a great butt. Um, if you ever want to come on our show, just let me know, man. Uh, just email me at bitblogist at gmail.com. It's, uh, it's my Gmail. Yep, there it is. Um, Shout so out. Just let me know or tweet at me at bitblogist. Either one's tweet. fine. Um, 2016. Wolf of Wall Street. Um, I'm gonna go. Actually, I lied to you. I've actually only seen two of these movies in this list. Okay. I have not okay. seen Wolf of Wall Street. I've heard enough about it to know 
what it's about the gist, and yeah. how crazy it is. It's pretty it's pretty wild. Oh, pretty wild. So would you say, looking at this list, from Goodfellas to Departed to Shutter Island to Wolf of Wall Street, that Scorsese's directing has really um really kind of ramped up in, in, in terms of I guess just um more like in your face kind of stuff. I don't know. I'm not familiar with all of his movies. Yeah. But I mean, like Goodfellas started out like as a standard mob movie, mm-hmm. but revolutionary for its time. Mm-hmm. And then The Departed also, you know, I, I'm sure I, I know won it a lot was, of awards. It was revolutionary for its time. People were ten, obsessed about it. Which 10 years ago. Yeah. Good Lord, it was 10 years ago. Yeah. And then Shutter Island, um, great movie. Uh, really, mm-hmm. really, really, really kind of a mind bender. Really, really uh, just yeah. making you think hard about what the heck yeah. is going on in the movie in the first place. And then finally, Wolf of Wall Street, just like over the top, just excessive, like crazy, crazy stuff, which, and apparently this is based on like a real story. So. Yeah. It, I mean, it was definitely it, it, this guy, um, Jordan Belfort. Belfort, yeah. Jordan Belfort. Uh, played that in Fishbowl, which is a game kind of like um, charades meets catchphrase meets okay. yeah. weird noise making game. It's been a while. It's been a while since I played. Good old Fishbowl. But they, yeah. that was one of the cards, Jordan okay. Belfort. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan Belfort. There you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, you. I think that it's not necessarily his. I, I would say that he's always been kind of on the forefront of directing in the sense that um, his movies always push the envelope for the particular time. But I think that it, it he may be one of the perpetuators of the of uh, social movement almost in a way. Oh be- yeah, because uh, it is so in your face, and it makes that content mainstream. And almost acceptable because once you mainstream a content, it makes it. Then you have a lot more people that. Yeah, are you have people that are pushing that and exposed area. to it, yeah. exposed to it, and kind of seeing it for. It's like, well, nobody really died because like <laughs> right, you, you have right. all these. Yeah, if you if you know what I mean, it's just nobody was quote unquote hurt by it. Yeah. Um, well, and like Scorsese is one of those names that you just hear. Um, yeah, he's he's one of the most well known directors out there. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Not that Quentin Tarantino is, he's also one of those well known directors out mm-hmm. there. But, like, you know, you, you hear him amongst the likes of Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. George Lucas, you know, I wouldn't say Wes Anderson's in that class. But, yeah, he, he's a little bit more art film based, kind of underground yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, kind of also niche what you're saying. Yeah, but S- Sundance. More to a kind of like almost annoying level. Where it's like this is this is all the same breakout here, kind of kind of hipster vibe, but I yeah. but I appreciate what he's doing. He has his own style, which is cool. Yeah, it's it's his own art. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, Scorsese, yeah, uh, you know, this is one of the names you always hear, and for good reason. And like what you were saying, he always he always pushes the boundary, and I think that's that's you you can see that in these four works right here. Where he started mm-hmm. out with Goodfellas, and then went to The Departed, Shutter Island, like and and like each time, there's a new type of story being told or a new. It's like just like a new push of story, okay. If that makes sense. So like, The Departed, you know, dealing with just like gun violence and these these like these two guys, you know, trying to do good by themselves, and then like Shutter Island, individual focused solely on you know one person in this asylum, and it's like a complete mind game sort of thing. And then and I think I don't know when. Um, oh gosh. Uh, um, what was the sweet movie that came out? Uh, Inception. Yeah, mm. I don't know when Inception came out. They, okay, so Shutter Island and Inception came out 
so close to each other that people will always get them mixed get them up because mixed up. it was yes. Leonardo DiCaprio in a mind bender. Yes. I, but, <laughs> and so people will start talking about it. And then, but I think Shutter Island was almost overlooked because of how good Inception was. Inception was so good, man. But who, I mean, who directed Inception? That's, that's, that's a good question we should be asking ourselves right now. That is a good question. Let's, let's get our uh, smart devices open real All fast. Right. We got, we got Dr. David Brelsford on the phone real quick. Oh, man. Um, but like what you're saying, like, yeah, it's, uh, each time, so like uh, you know, Shutter Island was an individual mind mind game, and then mm-hmm. you have Wolf of Wall Street, which was this full on open, almost true story of of you know, I I don't know the actual time frame of Wolf of Wall Street when that actually all happened. Uh, 80s. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, um, Quaaludes and stuff like that, <laughs> which are probably a real thing. I didn't even know that. Yeah, um, me neither. Uh, we're pretty pretty wild guys. But it's cool that he can keep up with modern filmmaking and, th- and not that i doubt that he could um but like you know you got to give a man props or props are due where you know someone's if some, it's usually you can tell if someone's been in the game for a long time mm-hmm. they tend to start to slow down in their movie making abilities and kind of keeping themselves forward thinking sort of where like scorsese would not never have made wolf of wall street in the 90s that never would have happened and that, yeah and that exactly wouldn't, that wouldn't have made sense yeah but he was able to keep up with what you know, made sense. And, you know, people like, I think culture as a whole is changing with movies as well. Like we're mm-hmm. able to comprehend and we're also subjecting ourselves to a lot more just kind of adult and mature content. Like you know, yeah, kids are absolutely. growing up seeing all this crazy kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so like these kinds of stories aren't crazy anymore. Yeah. It's take it, like, take for what it is good or bad, the way that you view it. But yeah, definitely. I mean, the way that we um, kind of, uh, take in uh, content definitely through movies I think really is probably one of the biggest social change factors that we have oh yeah much and more than any like type of legislation or anything other oh, yeah. crazy like that I mean it's definitely is what is what we view and so yeah. we have uh, I mean in 2016 we have this huge um, database the internet if the you internet. will internet what we're on right now the YouTube's as the, the world, kids are calling the World it. Wide Web, <laughs> online <laughs> gaming, virtual reality. Oh my god! I am excited to see where this is kind of getting at nerd talk real fast. Okay. I apologize, but I'm excited to see yeah. where virtual reality takes us. Right. Just as, as far as I mean, it isn't not just video games, but like movies. Um, there was there was like somebody talking about how they were gonna they're thinking of the idea of doing live concert shows with VR. So like. The camera would be in the crowd, but you would put on your virtual headset and like yeah. have the sound, and essentially, it'd be like you were in the crowd watching just the, the on band or something like that. You could just go to a concert. Have you seen that? Um, it's a sad. It's a sad idea. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like, let me go sit in my house and quietly watch this concert by myself on yeah. the couch. <laughs> really cool, but at the same time, it's like, well, that's kind of the. That's not the point of it. <laughs> You're supposed yeah, but, to be in the crowd with yeah, people. Yeah, <laughs> but like, it's, it's a. If it's you can't afford that, you know. It's an interesting alternative to being yeah. immersed into the, the experience. And certain bands don't tour all the time. Like yeah, if yeah. I wanted to go see someone that doesn't tour often, it's like, well, I could just go sit on my computer and like it almost be like I was there. That, that could be a cool application if you yeah. uh, take like old bands that are completely disbanded or Blink retired or something Blink like that. Too. Yeah. Are they, are they still touring? Blink-182? <laughs> I have no idea. I feel like that's a band that I missed out on. I stopped. I, <laughs> I started caring about music right near the end of their right, their their right their, their, their the peak. Right. So anyway, uh, sorry. You were looking up. Uh, yeah. The uh, 
we were talking about the uh, Inception and talking about how Leonardo DiCaprio played a mind bender in two different films. Right back. Try and back. guess. I'm trying to guess who directed this movie. Okay. You got it. Yeah, I got it right here. I know who wrote the music for it. It'd be Hans Zimmer. Okay. Right. Um, Does that sound right? I'll, I'll go with it. I, it's not right in front of me, but um, the director obviously uh, was a guy who did the Batman films. Maybe. Mm, I think so. Dark Knight trilogies. Uh, what's okay, what's the guy's name? It's uh, Christopher Nolan. Yep. Yeah. I'm right. I'm yeah. right. Dude, high I'm right. five. High five across the table. There it is. Because it, it feels like it. When I thought about it, it's more like Christopher Nolan films are always it's, darker. Um, yeah. That same kind of cinematography where it's uh it's, it's unique yeah, yeah. um there, there's I, I maybe he used the same filters on his camera or something like that i don't know uh but it's got that kind of like you yeah. know shady <laughs> darkish color to it i guess i don't know how to describe it anyways sorry yeah. not, not important but anyways yes shout also, out. also a great director christopher nolan shout out to you if you ever want to come on the show yeah chris nolan um you can call me um at uh the name number i'm not going to give out on the world wide web uh, so just email me at bitbloggist at gmail.com or tweet at me at uh, bitbloggist or or uh, tweet at dbrilly. Yeah, at dbrilly. D, one word, B-R-E-L-L-Y. Yep, because my last name is Brillsford, the third MD, um, which <laughs> the last two are absolutely inaccurate, but, you know, doctorate easily, certified. So Easily summarized by just saying brilli instead of... Yeah, brilli is, brilli is pretty generic for name calling at this point. Brillsford, the third MD. <laughs> Um, but yeah, sorry. So back to our main point. This is this is a good show. You know, it's a good show when we can go off on conversation topics. But uh, it's been fun. Shutter Island. Um, I got mixed up with Inception because they, yeah, both yeah. Mindbenders both had Leo, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, but yeah, Shutter Island got a little bit undermined. But when I I did see it, and I, I'm going to go ahead and say this on the record that I'm not a fan of scary movies. I don't like scary movies. Okay. I don't like. Um, being scared i don't like going home and having nightmares fair enough yeah me neither and shutter island the way the trailer was pitched it was, was terrifying kind of spooky man yeah and really in the actual movie itself it was kind of spooky but um, it was yeah it was more of a definitely more of a thriller we'll go with that and i can appreciate thrillers that and that's and that's the good yeah. thing that's the good news mm-hmm. so anybody out there who doesn't like scary movies go see uh shutter island there, there's some some a few jump scares maybe here and there but overall, uh, a movie worth seeing. For the most part, you're sitting there really just racking your brain trying to figure out what is going on. What in the world is Leo doing on this island? I have no idea. And Where are the shutters? Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, these windows are wide open. There's there's no shutters in these windows. <laughs> this guy's messed up. Um, <laughs> that was a terrible joke. I apologize Earth. for making that Maybe joke. the shutters to your mind. Oh, you damn. See, you can't see in you can maybe david that, that is some real deep stuff we uh cross the threshold here and we may not be able to come back but <laughs> the dr brailsford has taken us in md um and then wolf of wall street uh have you seen wolf of wall street because I, I have yeah so you should probably talk to it more okay. than i can um let's just let's just yeah you, you kind of give a wolf of wall street um the way that it was pitched to me by friends, because I had not seen it. I didn't see it in theaters. Yeah, it got pitched to me many times also. Yeah, pitched to me, and it was pitched to me in the way that uh, watch it by yourself. <laughs> Don't take and, a date Yeah, this movie. Do yes. not watch it with anybody else because you'll feel very uncomfortable unless you're that close with whoever you're watching it. And I was like, this is a that's an interesting way to pitch a movie. It, and that's funny you say that because that's the exact way that I was okay, yeah. introduced to the movie. And, 
And so, yeah, I was introduced to the movie that way, and <laughs> I sat down one day. I think I had gotten done at the gym one morning, and it was like a day that I had like the day off, and this was like probably a year and a half, two years ago or something like that. Right. And went home. It was on. It had just gotten posted into Netflix. Classic. Sat down on the couch. Netflix and chilling. Netflix and chilling by myself. <laughs> um, classic. By myself. Classic Brilly. Uh, <laughs> follow me on Instagram, ladies. No. True, true connoisseur of films. Uh, um, he actually has his own film page called Classic Brelly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> talks about all the classic oh, films. Man. Yeah, that's yep. It maybe it maybe after today we don't know actually. Um, anyway, so yeah, I I sat down and started watching it, and literally the first scene where yep we kind of touched on it a little bit. It was uh, it, it, I won't go into graphic detail, but. Um, and it won't be any spoiler alerts if you guys have never seen it. Um, but it, it involved, I will say, two things. It involves strippers and cocaine in the very first scene. Um, and booties. Booties, strippers, cocaine, and uh, the F-bomb. A lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot of F-words. <laughs> a lot of F-words. F this, F that. Yep. f all, baby. And I just, like, I normally don't get turned off by that kind of stuff like language and content don't really turn me off from a movie but just that was every reaction that i was getting from my friends they're like that movie was crazy like it just we after we left we had to like reset our minds i know it and i was just like well okay i don't know if i want to see that or not though and and like i do want to see it but i just at, at this point now i just i'm i'm sure i'll see it eventually yeah it well, it's not one you're going to see on TV. We'll say that. I think it might be on HBO right now. HBO, HBO would make sense. HBO Go, it's on there. Yeah, that would sure, make sense. Um, but yeah, so the movie is um, Jordan Belfort. He is um, basically trying to play the stock market, I believe. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, so he is really kind of running his own racket, if you will. He hires, and, his, uh, he hires his boy, Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. Boy, Jonah Hill, man, do some numbers for him. He's a, he's an interesting guy, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, Jonah Hill, man. Let's. I don't want to go off a little tangent on this guy okay. for a second. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, impressive how much weight he's lost and regained and regained for films. <laughs> um, which yeah. which to to his own credit, like super hard to do, but at the same time, like I I don't agree with method acting, and I I wouldn't say Jonah Hill's a method actor, but. It's not healthy for people to do that, to gain that much weight and then lose it and then gain it back again. Um, you see this with people like uh, most famous, like Walking Phoenix. He gets into his roles. Daniel Day Lewis, mm-hmm. um, Christian Bale, Christian Bale. Uh, one that I remember specifically was uh, The Machinist, which was kind of a uh, kind of a cult film for him, yep. where he dropped. To like 125 pounds or something like that. Super crazy. Like that's not healthy. No, he. I mean, he literally. It was terrifying in there. It looked like he looked literally like a skeleton in that movie. And then you have um, Heath Ledger. Well, um, still on Christian Bale, the uh, American um, Hustle. American Hustle, where he literally had right. Yeah, American Hustle, I think, and uh, with Jennifer Lawrence in it, and and, uh, he had huge pot belly i mean he he had gained way too much weight it was just out of shape just gross looking dude i will say that like there's people just dedication that are way smarter than we are that i'm sure that are monitoring these method actors and yeah. making sure that they're not gonna die oh, yeah. from that 
drastic of a body change, but it, it can't be. It can't be good for you. It can't be healthy. But then again, I mean, so many actors are just absolutely crazy. I mean, it you were telling true. me that story earlier. Yeah. So, <laughs> so sorry. Uh, oh, I was bringing it up just because I know no one will probably listen to this. <laughs> but if, if, it, if it does get out, uh, I apologize to all those who are involved. Yep. Actually, you know what? I don't know if I will because I have, for the safety for the safety of the other person, I don't know if I want to talk about it. <laughs> Fair enough. All I know is that act, certain method actors are crazy. Um, certain actors who may have been in films of, you know, n- most recently like Nightcrawler or Southpaw. <laughs> um, we're not going to go into details on that one. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, seriously, I mean, Heath Ledger got so serious into his role yeah. that he... he Ended up taking his life. Went, sadly. went in a dark hole and yeah. never really crawled out of it. I mean, just to just to sell an act. I mean, arguably one of the most convincing oh, characters of all time. Excellent. Uh, but at the same, but at you know at at what cost? I guess is yeah. The whole and thing. It's and like, this is all in reference to obviously the Joker and yeah, Dark Knight. But Dark Knight. But I mean, like, and and I guess I I understand where actors are coming from. Like you and I were saying, like, um, it's hard for actors to. If they've, if they've been acting for a long time yeah to be playing these roles that aren't them to be themselves yeah and then to actually have to go back to a realistic role where they're like acting as it's themselves. almost like an identity crisis of who actually am I it's like I'm, I've been I spent this many months playing this person who is has these personality traits and in a month I'm gonna be something completely different and, and play this for a number of months and if you have like a family it's like okay how do I yeah center myself when you go home it's, it's hard man and I, I always give actors and actresses a bad rap for that kind of stuff. But then for jumping to relationship to relationship, yeah. But if, yeah but I mean, if you think about why they're like that. It's like, okay, I understand. It's like, still no excuse to jump from. Yeah. Maybe you should, just shouldn't date. <laughs> maybe maybe you shouldn't get married. Yeah. Uh, not saying you can't, uh, but just you know, that's 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 crazy. Um, but respect to those who do. And I understand, like you know, if you're a person who looks similar or who looks the same, you and you want to try and differentiate yourself for a different movie i mean like you know sadly a lot of actors out there play one character and they're stuck as that character forever like daniel radcliffe he's he will always be harry potter no matter what he does mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like oh that's harry potter he's playing this new role yeah you know it's and then like unfortunately that's how i reference a lot of actters in movies yeah and I'm then like, uh, oh that's uh that's the guy that was in that movie he's uh oh yeah yeah, most famously, there's Iron Man. Most yeah, exactly. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Oh, Iron Man. Oh man, yeah. No, and most famously for myself, this is such a strange reference, but Zach Braff from Scrubs, who played JD, he will yep. never be anything other than yep. JD from Scrubs. It's a real problem. Know, and, yeah. and luckily, JD does more of like, or <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Point proven. Zach Braff, uh, he he likes. I think he's doing a lot more of stuff on the on the backside now. Yeah, he's doing a lot of uh, any kind of indie art films, directing. Stuff. Yeah, doing his own stuff, making the music for it. Good for like him, that. man. Good for him. I mean, to this day, um, I will never forget listening to the Garden State soundtrack. Like, oh yeah, I hadn't seen Garden I State. Always forget that he's in that movie. Oh yeah, um, but I had never seen Garden State. Um, but my art teacher, everybody listens to the soundtrack. I did the exact same mm-hmm. thing. My sister had the album, and it was stuck in. I, it was literally stuck in the CD player in the car that we all shared. And that's the how three you, of us. That's, yeah. how you, that's how you roll. It's insane. And nothing wrong with that. It's a great Garden the, State if, soundtrack. If I could, if I could think of one soundtrack, I'd like to look, like. If I had, could only pick one soundtrack, that would probably be one of the top oh, choices. It was that and uh, Feist. Oh, it was Feist could drive you crazy after all. Yeah, that, one, two, yeah, three, basically. Four, tell me that you love me, 
Um, exactly. That about <laughs> seven to eight times a day. Oh. See, for me, what was funny is my, my brother would drive me to school in the mornings, and uh, his, his CD player was not stuck. But it was always young Jeezy. <laughs> <laughs> Jeezy liked to drink. Uh, Jeezy liked to smoke. Talking about people riding around with the same music in their car, shout out the guy that we both love dearly, <laughs> Davis Burton. Good old DB. And uh, and you're probably familiar with what? Just straight Abbott. His, his obsession of Abbott Brothers, yes. Straight Abbott, baby. Oh, man. That, that man loves some Abbott Brothers. Davis Brother. It's time, to, it's time to move on, man. <laughs> oh, man. Davis Burton, we get, love you very much, but... Get out of middle school. Abbott. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're, they're talented young men who are very good. We actually good. love them, too. Yeah, they're we, very, they're I mean, very talented. We'll probably go listen to them after this, so... I mean, I go. I have my I have my go-tos also. It's okay. <laughs> Andrew Bird also released an album recently, and I'm a big fan of, so... Yeah. Worth checking out. Yeah. So, anyways... A lot of good little rants we went We're on. We're touching on a lot We're of different things. Doing it's some been a good it's stuff. Been a great show. And this is exactly what it is. It's just movie talk. We're just talking about movies. Um, I don't even know if it's worth going into the actors on Scorsese's films. We can talk about Jack Nicholson real fast. Um, Jack Nicholson started out great actor mm-hmm. um, in a lot of breakthrough films, and then you saw him kind of going through some rom coms here and there. Yeah, which You've was got an mail. interesting turn. Yeah. And now he's just he's he I most recently what was he in? Um, I don't even know. I mean, I don't even know. He he's been in so many strange movies that you wouldn't predict. But he's he got, because he is such an unpredictable actor. Was I he? Like, you got me. Was I wrong on that? Let me check real quick. Anger management. Yeah. He was definitely in with uh, Adam Sandler. Good old oh, Adam no. Sandler pick. So you, let's talk about Netflix real fast, and then booking like four or five movies with Adam Sandler. <laughs> have you have you seen those? <laughs> You're gonna have to remind me. I'm sorry. Oh gosh. So Netflix signed a deal with Adam Sandler, and did they really? Yes. And the the first one was the Cobbler, which was about like him as a cobbler, shoe cobbler, and he could he had this special. Upholstering machine that could put him in the shoes of anybody he wanted to be in, which which was kind of an interesting idea. That was not yeah. bad. The next one was a comedy, and it was a direct spinoff or fluke, or you know, what do you want to call it? A, a funny comedy of the Hateful Eight, uh, but they called it the uh... all. I know is a very bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> Had a lot of good actors in it, but it was just real stupid. Doesn't uh, that happen too often where they just get this freaking star cast yes. of like eight I, different people? All the guys in it I liked. Uh, Terry Crews. I love Terry Crews. Um, it's funny. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes, I was yes, about to reference that. Great, great show. Yeah. Uh, but he was in it, and, and it, just, it was just a bad movie. Adam Sandler is not funny anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, he's uh, a little played out. Pixels. With, uh, <laughs> that was a notorious... I, the thing is, I, Paul I look, Blart. Oh my gosh! I, I don't know his name. Kevin. Uh, Kevin James. Don't, Kevin James. Don't even get me started. <laughs> I'm serious. I sadly enough, I think Kevin James was act. I liked him in King of Queens, the show. I can't the TV show. Uh, I, if you, if you could only see my face right now, <laughs> it is. He's displeased. Oh gosh! <laughs> there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of eye rolling going uh, on here. Oh, oh. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Uh, give, give us the update on that uh, that smartphone readout. Oh man, okay. So we're we're looking at Jack Nicholson right here, and uh, so the bucket list. Oh yeah, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. That was a that was an interesting one. Where there some guys that had cancer and they were planning on dying. I f- planning on it. Uh, I feel yeah. like 
maybe Jack Nicholson's grown up with the times and realized that his his uh, true talent lies with the uh, people who grew up with him as well. So like my parents loved the bucket list. Yeah, they wanted to go see okay. that. Like that yeah. looks so funny. And I was like, that looks like a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I literally sat there and was like, well, it's gonna be awful. It's gonna be some. But dirt. I think that it played to a particular um, age group. <laughs> right. And okay, so we were talking. You referenced I think a, a minute ago, anger management. Great movie. Adam Sandler. Yeah. Great. I, I don't. I don't think I ever saw that one. It actually was pretty good. Okay. Reasonably funny, and, uh, a lot of good plot twists, but it's kind of a rom com. Oh, and then oh, okay. Here's a something's got to give, and these this is uh, anger management was uh, released. Guess guess what year anger management was released? Uh, that that sounds that sounds like a that sounds like a oh two, oh three. That was, close. Man, that was good. Dang, I, I'm impressed. It felt it felt like a long time ago. Oh two, man. <laughs> <laughs> See, I have no reference of time on that, just because I was like <laughs> Jack Nicholson. You don't you don't keep up with Jack Nicholson movies? No, not not a ton, not a ton. Um. The only time that I really ever see him is sitting courtside at a Lakers game. Yep. There, there was a period in time where I, I'm telling you, every time him and I freaking was Spike Lee, man, Spike Lee sitting over the Knicks. Yep, old Knicks. It's cool that he likes basketball. Those, it's cool yeah. that celebrities are like super involved. But yeah, I think that that's kind I of. I feel like, like Spike Spike Lee's kind of annoying. Actually, I'm not a big fan of Spike he's Lee. He's a little obnoxious. Yeah, he's like, a little over the top. Yeah. Um, something's got to give. 2003. Uh, one, one of the award-winning films. Yeah, there it is. Um. Couple other ones that I've never really heard of. Oh, and then definitely the one that he was. I think that he is most well known for The Shining. Oh yeah. And oh, check this out. You you you're probably gonna just forget that this it was even a thing. <laughs> he was uh, the Joker in Batman 1989. Oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. Great role for him actually. And uh, Val Kilmer in that one. Val Kilmer. No, um, yes. Yeah. Yes, he was the first Batman. Val or Kilmer. Or was that uh, then George Clooney? George Clooney was Batman and Robin, that which was, was rough. Real. Sadly, that was my favorite one when was I was growing it? up. Oh, I thought it was Mr. Freeze, Robin. You were, you were young. It's okay. Oh, but then I watch it later. I'm like, this is mm. awful. You got to respect those the films, nips. though, for being the nips. I just <sighs> the nips. They the all suit. have the nips. Every single one of them has the nip suits. Rough, dude. Why? But you got to respect that movie for being close to the comics. I mean, like super cheesy lines. Yeah, fair with, enough. Hey, like. Everybody freeze. <laughs> Arnold, Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger freezes people. Um, it, until you said that, I had completely forgotten that he was Mr. Freeze. Oh, yeah. And you had Ivy. Arnold. You had uh, Uma like, Thurman as um, as uh, um, Poison Ivy. There you go. And Good she job. was great. There you go, man. Anyways. Yeah, man. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Great. What? Okay. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. You remember that one? Also, also a famous one. 1975. It was, um, yeah, that was a yeah, good movie. Yeah, a big movie. Um, so, yeah, Scorsese likes to use Leo a lot, which I think is really cool, and I think that actually can lead to a lot of the reasons. Yeah, getting back to it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of reason why Leo probably has found success in his acting career. Um, Scorsese has been a constant, like, I guess just supporter, uh, supporter of his acting style and his talent. Mm-hmm. And I, think, I think the mass population also would agree with yeah. Leo's acting abilities. Oh, yeah. Um, so, Leo, uh, congratulations on winning your Oscar. If you ever want to come on the show, just let me know at bitbloggist at gmail.com or tweet at me at bitbloggist. That's B-I-T-B-L-O-G-G-I-S-T uh, for those who can't spell. Uh, <laughs> Leo, you can spell, of course. <laughs> You're a genius. <laughs> but uh, anyways, that's been that's, uh, that's, that's been movie talk, guys. Um, this is our first go about. We only chose two directors thinking it would be 
shorter show, and that ended up being our longest show so far. So we're at sorry, a, guys. We're at an hour and eleven minutes. So bear with us. Um, we're about to close out here, but uh, yeah, David, any any last remarks on something you want to talk about or just touch on before we get out of here? Man, no. Honestly, I've just really enjoyed this experience. It's I, been a, I have too, it's man. It's been a great time. I enjoying think some uh, some strong drinks, some 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 stiff drinks, stiff drinks, some movie times. talk, yeah. and movie talk from two people who don't really know a lot about movies, <laughs> but just like to talk a lot, just like to talk about stuff, yeah. you know. And that's 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 the point of this podcast. So, Literally, if we were to ever have a good situation of get us in a room together with some drinks and some microphones this would have happened i mean this is literally what's happening right now so best outcome best case scenario uh so i'm gonna go ahead and do our our uh, sign off here all right unfortunately that is the end of bitcast episode eight remember bitcast is supposed to be a weekly podcast that goes up every tuesday or wednesday so if you like what you hear or are a fan of the podcast please do us a huge favor and like subscribe share or rate us in itunes Leave feedback and tell us what you would like to hear. And as always, I can be reached at bitblogist at gmail.com or on Twitter at bitblogist. Follow this beautiful man, Dr. David Brelsford, the third MD, on Instagram or Twitter at dbrelly. Is that good? Is that right? At dbrelly. At yeah. dbrelly or just dbrelly on, on Instagram, right? I guess. Because don't you have to hit the ad on that? On Instagram, you don't know at sign. Regardless. On Twitter, you good. know at sign. There it is, man. <laughs> I, I know technology a lot. Yeah, we're uh, we're millennials, uh, 2016, <laughs> born 91, 92. So, <laughs> until next time, this has been Bitcast. Thanks for joining us to talk about some stuff.